Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Home Plate Podcast. My name is Alex Foradal. And I'm Cameron Capobianco. And this is a podcast that myself and Cap will be talking about all things Toronto Blue Jays and all things baseball when it comes to the MLB. Um, we have a very, very great episode started out here for you for our first ever one. So we appreciate you joining us. And the first thing we're going to talk about is the, is the Toronto Blue Jays. So Cap, remind me, what is the record for Toronto Blue Jays right now? So right now, obviously, it's 19 and 16. They're looking really good, actually, with this record compared to the past couple seasons, if, Alex, if you don't mind me saying. like, No, you're right. Is, you're absolutely right. It's like a great, great team and everything right now. Young guys. A couple veterans, actually, if I might add, like Hinjin Ryu. Um, but yeah, like, honestly, compared to like the past couple seasons, like when they were going through the rebuild, this is like by far one of their best records. And even though it's a, it's a shortened season due to the COVID-19 pandemic, this is like an amazing time to be a Blue Jays fan because we're entering the last month of baseball for we are. the season. Yeah. yeah. And who do they, Alex, who do they play tonight? But uh, if you don't mind me asking, cause we were actually talking about this earlier. We were talking about this earlier. So the Blue Jays are set to face the Boston Red Sox division rivals today. The Red Sox who are 13 and 25, I believe. So they are one of the worst teams in baseball, if not the worst team in baseball, two years shy or two years out of being world champions. Yeah. And I mean, compared to like, Alex, like we been, we were talking earlier, like too, like the Red Sox of this year compared to like the past years, it there's a huge difference, man. And I I'm thinking myself, it, it's been that um that Mookie Betts David Price trade to uh, Los Angeles and that stuff, the moves that were made. It it was, it absolutely was. They lost Mookie Betts, who's now playing possibly the best baseball he's ever played, hitting hitting so many home runs against right-handed pitching. It's absolutely insane. Um and uh. Not to judge Alex Fardugo, because in my opinion, if he wasn't included in the trade for the players that would go back Boston's way, then it would be a terror. It would be a, it would be the biggest robbery in the history of baseball. Um, yeah, absolutely. And Ver- uh, but, yeah. but before you go on, I just want to add one more thing, if that's okay. The mm-hmm. Red Sox record is you were off by one number in the wins. It was, oh, third, was. it was uh it was twelve and twenty five. Oh, okay. So they're actually worse. Than, okay, so they're worse than I actually said. Okay, they're worse by one win. <laughs> by one win. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. But yeah, you know what? Hopefully the Blue Jays win. They should. We're facing a very bad team, so we obviously wish they win tonight. Yeah. But but the Blue Jays. But the Blue Jays going into tonight's game. There, it's a lot of a lot, a lot of new a lot of new pieces came into the team. Yeah, well, lots of new uh, faces. Um, especially with the big pickups from the trade deadline, like. We had Jonathan VR. I, I believe I'm saying I, I don't know how to. I think it's yeah. VR. It, it, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, if anybody wants to say how, it's, if you guys know how it's actually pronounced, please don't be afraid to tell us. That'd be actually greatly appreciated, because we're just we um. There's so many guys that we hear say it differently, right? So, it's there's a bunch of different ways, but I'm just like Jonathan VR has been like he's not known to be a home run hitter, but he can put the ball in play, which is exactly what you need in this game of baseball is you need the ball in play doesn't matter whether it be a single a double or a triple triple you just need to put the ball in play you don't have to hit it always over the fence right oh absolutely yeah yeah so here this is what he this is what we had going from his time to miami before the trade okay Mm -hmm. so he had 30 hits in 30 games he had nine rbis though in those 30 games it's not a lot but again he puts the ball in play which is exactly what we need yeah, he puts that ball into play. And now already when he's with Toronto in those two games that he's already been there, he's already had two hits. 
and he already has an RBI under his name as a J. Exactly. The RBI he got, sorry, the RBI he got was in his first at bat where Kevin Biggio was able to, who was, who was the leadoff man uh, in their first game in Miami. He was on third base and VR was able to just hit it right to second base and cash in the run. That's exactly yeah. what the Blue Jays need because throughout the season, the Toronto Blue Jays shouldn't be called the Toronto Blue Jays. They should be called the Toronto leaving guys on stranded Jays. You know, what I, you know what I want to call them before, it. and everybody wanted to call them this before when we found out they were going to Buffalo, the Buffalo Blue Jays. Uh, that's the, Honestly, you know what? Out of the entire Buffalo sports market, Buffalo finally has a team to be proud of. I'm sorry. It's but, true. hey, I mean, that ballpark they turned it into when the Jays came there? Oh, Salem Field has been turned into an incredible ballpark. It's an incredible and I'm pretty ballpark. sure now they classify it as an MLB ballpark now since the season started. It's been they do. as an MLB ballpark. They do, exactly. They absolutely did because because well, no, I, I remember specifically hearing uh, Buck, Buck Martinez on the, on the sports that broadcast of the Blue Jays game say that they had to change the lighting because the yeah. lighting has to be in, like perfect towards MLB standards for them to play. And they did it. And so that in a short amount of time, they were able to turn into a great Which ballpark. amazing. So huge... Uh, Congratulations to the successful uh, uh, operation of turning into a major league field. So. Now, Alec, before we move on with all the other trade deadline stuff, and we're yeah. also going to get to the draft recap too about the Jays' pickups this past um, this past uh, draft, yep. obviously. Um, I would just want to go back to Jonathan VR for just one more second, and I just want to say his best year where he did like have a great season, in my opinion, was back in 2016 when he was a member of the Milwaukee Brewers. I agree. And he had like – in 156 games, he had 168 hits, 38 doubles, three triples. It's hard to hit triples, man. It's even hard to hit a home run. 38 doubles. Wow. 38 doubles. That was unreal. He had three home run. He had three triples, 19 home runs, and 63 RBIs. And he's also very speedy. He had 62 uh, stolen bases. And he's currently leading the league, by the way, in this shortened season. He's leading the league in stolen bases. Yeah, exactly. Like, he has like. He has, like, already nine stolen bases. Like, that's from this year. Like, nine stolen bases with Miami. Mm-hmm. I have, You know, it's unreal how much this guy can be an asset to this team. You know what I mean? No, and I, all I these, the, these pickups that they had were, like, like, they all can be an asset to the team. And, actually, let's go back to some more assets, Alex. Let's talk about Taiwan Walker a bit. Yeah, Taiwan Walker. We got him uh, from the Seattle Mariners. He made his debut and looked absolutely incredible. Striking out six, I believe, and again, he was absolutely stellar in his Blue Jay debut. And uh, even though a lot, a lot of things were happening in his personal life, as um, uh, his family uh, lost mostly everything due mm-hmm. to the, the tropical storms that hit Louisiana, I believe. Yes. So, so you know what? Uh, good on him for uh, for you know giving us a great a great pitching outing despite his family struggles. And I personally wish him the best in, in you know rebuilding his family home. You know what? We all wish him the best here. You know what I mean? It's it's unfortunate with especially COVID, these storms and everything going around, hurricanes. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah, it, every, like everybody, like not just for Taiwan, but uh, like Taiwan and his family, of course. But any but everybody that's suffering through these storms. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. We wish you nothing but the best in recovery and success. If, yeah. if, if you've been affected. But, 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 you know what, staying on the topic of the Toronto Blue Jays, and another pickup, another, in my opinion, good pickup we got. And, and, um, and you may or may not see that all of these pickups have one common theme, low, um, low risk, high reward type of pickups. So we, so we picked up Robbie Ray from the Arizona Diamondbacks, who in 2017 was a Cy Young contender. But since then, he's fallen off a bit, specifically when it comes to his commanding, 
when, yeah, when it comes to his, his commanding uh, yeah, pitches. But, absolutely. but yeah, but you know what? When, I think it was, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was, I think, what, was it the first game in Miami or was it was in the second game? It was one of the two where he came out after uh, Julian Merriweather, who the Blue Jays got in the Josh Donaldson trade all those years ago, uh, pitched three scoreless innings and pitched very well. And then and Robbie Ray came out to, uh, to, to pitch a couple, like I think it was three or four innings and, he was absolutely stellar besides getting the solo home run. He was absolutely stellar. Yeah. And you know what? Actually, like, I just want to stay on the topic of Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray. I, I didn't know how, I almost butchered his name there for a sec. Um, but you know what? Honestly, 2017, he had a 2.89 ERA, right? Yeah. All of a sudden, it just kept increasing, increasing, increasing. 2018, he had a 3.93 ERA, mm-hmm. 7.34 in uh, 2020, and a I skipped a year. I don't know how I missed that, but a 4.34 ERA in 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Do, you already know, do you already know what is in Arizona during the games that he played? I think it was he seven. Had a 7.84. Yeah. Yeah. It was terrible. It was absolutely terrible being a starting pitcher of that caliber. He pitched one game in Toronto. His first game that he pitched, mm-hmm. obviously, his ERA was a 2.70. Exactly. Exactly. It was I mean, I know it's one game, but his ERA was lower in just one game than it was when he was in 2017, mm-hmm. obviously. Exactly. So absolutely. it's like, this guy has potential to, like, go back to his old ways. I can just see it happening. Like, 2014, it, like, he had an 8.16. That was his worst year, was mm-hmm. the 8.16 ERA. Then mm-hmm. everything else just started turning around, turning around. Then, it, obviously, again, like I said, it went back up in the ERA. Yeah. And so this guy can turn things around. That's I think he could just turn things around and just be an amazing pitcher for this Blue Jays club because pitchers are what they need. And a guy like Robbie Ray that has like a side was a Cy Young candidate, like you said, Alex. He has a he has a great potential to be one of the best Jays pitchers this year and possibly in the future. I absolutely like again, like I absolutely agree with everything you just said. Um, again, like the honestly, it's like it seems to me through the very small sample sizing we got of him in Miami, uh, he just needs to work on his command. He, he, you know, like besides that, his pitches are there, his velocity is there, his lineups there, everything about him is good. And personally, I trust Pete Walker, the Blue Jays pitching coach. I absolutely trust in him doing good work because you know what, he made because you know what, he made Marco Estrada an ace, he made Marcus Stroman an ace. You know, so yeah. if you, you know, Pete, yeah. Pete Walker has been one of the like best assets when it comes to these pitchers. When they're struggling, he tells them what to do, what to work on, and everything. Like mm-hmm. he knows what to do. He's been with the team for God knows how long. I like he's been there since I think when John Gibbons was the manager. When yeah, um, he was exactly. Was he was the manager. Mm-hmm. He was there for a very long time. Like mm-hmm. this guy knows what he's talking about with this ball club. Exactly. Like he's probably seen it all. Absolutely. No, he has. And you know what? When it comes to Robbie Ray and Taiwan Walker, I, I trust nothing but the best. And, you know, and they're good pitchers. They, they just need some help. And I believe Pete Walker will give them the help. Continuing exactly. on. Continuing Actually, on with yes. Her. Let's talk mm-hmm. about – we mentioned Taiwan Walker like a couple times mm-hmm. during our talk with Robbie Ray. Let's yeah. mention one of his teammates. And this was the strangest thing I've ever exactly. seen in my – it was so fast. It was so quick. Yep. Daniel Vogelback, another guy we picked up from the Mariners was one of the quickest moves I've ever, like, seen in my life. We picked him up. <laughs> yeah. It was so fast. It was, like, a day after. Not even, like, probably a day after we picked him up or maybe, like, two. He one played, he played one, game. one we, game. We, we one picked game, him up. He played just, one game. Yeah. We picked him up, and all of a sudden, we just turned him around. We, tr- we uh, DFA'd him. We DFA'd him after one yeah. game where he, where he went 0-3 or 0-4. One of the two. It was 0-3 or 0-4. 
Exactly. He didn't do it. I'm just quickly just looking at his stuff right now. Uh, yeah. We'll go back. Now, yeah. here's this. Now, this is what he's had. He's had, he's playing his first year when he came up to the Bagley's when he was playing with the Seattle Mariners. Mm-hmm. Eight games, one hit. He only had one hit in those eight games. The next year it comes up 16. He, he has six hits in 16 games. Uh, this guy um, had trouble through his first three seasons as a Mariner. Mm-hmm. And then his fourth year, all of a sudden it just turned around. Turned around hitting three home runs. Th- sorry, 30 home runs. Yeah. 30 home runs. And what was his average? It was a 208 that year. Yeah. Compared to when he – from a .83 – this was his first year, a .83 batting average, Alex. Mm-hmm. Just keep that in mind. To a two oh eight, that guy turned things around. It's absolutely unreal how much he turned things around. He did. And yeah, he did, exactly. And and another thing besides his uh, um, obvious power he has, because you need power yeah. to get 30 home He's runs. He's a great and power guys. hitter and everything. He absolutely But you know what? Is. With all the Jays guys right now that they have, they have the power hitters. They we have really those do. guys. We have the contact hitters. We have like all those guys. We have, and they're young too, which is amazing. Like they're young. They're just realizing their potential now of how far they can hit the ball and that stuff. Oh, absolutely, yeah. and absolutely, and 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 and. But like aside from the power hitters and and like these like here's the thing, these power hitters they have great eyes. Vladdy is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Known uh, at least in AAA, and he's starting to show it now. He's getting better every day. He's showing that he's laying off really tough pitches because because he was known in AAA for having probably the best eyes when it comes to knowing when to take pitches and when to not take pitches. Vogelback yeah. has the exact same thing in that small sample size we saw him in those three or four at bats. Yeah, in Buffalo, and it's like we have eyes. one of those guys. We we absolutely have one. I mean, to interrupt you there, but we have like one of those guys already on the team that knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So it really like. We could it, like if somebody would have got injured, like Vogelback probably would have came back, right? Mm-hmm. I, if, if he stayed, he, he'd probably be in the AAA system by now, or just sitting at home right now. Because in my opinion, we have all the subs that we need. I we have everybody that we have. Yeah, yeah. We have the we're working. We're still working on the pitchers, which we we picked up at the trade deadline and that stuff. We we, we picked did. up some great pitchers. Mm-hmm. We picked. Um, we just mentioned them. We mm-hmm. picked up some great hitters in uh, Jonathan VR and. Obviously, like like um, Jonathan VR. I don't know who else. I'm losing my thought for a second. I apologize. Yeah, good. Jonathan VR, and we have like Taiwan Walker, Robbie Ray, two great pitchers. Ross Stripling as well from the Dodgers we picked up. Exactly, Ross Stripling. We've been focusing. The Blue Jays have mainly been focusing on what they need, and the need is pitching. Yeah, we need arms because we because sadly our arms. arms have been dropping like flies like that, especially in the case of young Nate Pearson who has shown brilliance at sometimes, but of course he, he, he got caught with the injury bug. Trent Thornton got caught. Trent Thornton's out of the season because he had to get a loose body taken out of his elbow. So yeah. he's done, but thankfully he's he will, yeah, but thankfully he will be back for next season. It's officially he'll be back for next season. And I like him a lot. He's a great pitcher. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. like the guy too. Like he's an amazing pitcher. Like he's a young kid who knows what he's doing. He has a great arm to be one of the best. And a great windup. I love his windup. Great windup. Like you said, yes, I love that windup too that he has. You know which windup I love the most? And unfortunately, I wish I could see more of it. And we just mm-hmm. mentioned him. He got that elbow removed. It's Trent Thorin. I just love that leg kick and that stuff that he does, man. But yeah. Huh. Well, dude, that, no, no, seriously, no. Like, like that, that's, literally, that's literally what I was talking about. Trent Thornton, man. Absolutely yeah. incredible. Like that windup, barely like, like Nate Pearson, like he's has potential to be one of the best like young kids. Like his ERA right now is a six point six one. Like while he was playing in that stuff, like 
obviously like you're going to struggle in your first year. Like, oh, absolutely. And we just mentioned Vogelback. Like he struggled so much in his first year. And then he became an all-star. Exactly. Like Nate Pearson has the same potential to do the exact same thing. Nate Pearson has, has the potential to be the next Nolan Ryan, in my opinion. Yes, exactly. No, anyways, we were already talking about Daniel Vogelback. Yeah. And how fast they turned him around. Now, Why don't we talk about, there's two more players that also got DFA'd. Two more players. One of them is Brendan Drury, who in this case, I absolutely support him being DFA'd as he has been having a terrible season, yeah. offensively at least. He's a, he's uh, a very oh, good agree. he's a very good uh, he's a very good infielder. He's he's the like honestly overall to me, I think he's a great utility player. He just needs to find the bat. And and uh, like one interesting thing that I that that I think about when I think about uh, Brendan Drury is that the guy has been all over the place. He's been hot potatoing from one team to the other, went from the Diamondbacks, went to, I think to the Yankees, and I think to the Blue Jays, you know? And I, yeah. and I heard him in an interview with sports that's saying that he wants to find a home. He wants to find a place where he can, you know, play for the rest of his life. And honestly, as much as I like, like that, and I appreciate that in, in, in the type of attitude of a Blue Jay player, and well, not, not, not even a Blue Jay player, but just you know, but a baseball player overall, I, yeah, I, I don't see him. I don't see him being a Blue Jay for long anymore. Yeah, it's like he had a great year in the, like 2019 when he first – or sorry, the second year he came, 2019 in Toronto. In his full – yeah, first full year. He yeah, had like a really good year. Mm-hmm. He played 120 games weren't really there were really great numbers like the, the hits were there but the home runs and the rbis in those 120 games i'm sorry they just weren't there to be they're honest there. yeah they're not but, there. the, he, he, but like i said what the jays did and what they need is to put the ball in play that's it on the offense exactly they need that exactly. ball in play yeah. and he put the ball in play a lot that year this year in those 20 he only had seven hits in 21 games like he was just like he wasn't finding the rhythm in that stuff that's how i describe it he wasn't like finding his rhythm in toronto anymore it really wasn't, which is why he got DFA'd. And another, another name who got DFA'd, Sammy Gavilio, who, again, to me, hasn't been having that great of a year as well. Um, he, to me, personally, he was his best a year, year or two ago around that time when he was a starting pitcher, then moved into the bullpen as, you know, the amount of starting pitcher depth we have is absolutely incredible. Um, you know, and to me, that's why we have probably not the best bullpen, but one of the best bullpens in the league because we have guys like Anthony Kay, AJ Cole, Anthony Bass, Jordan Romano from Mark Zone, Jordan Romano, who is my opinion, reliever of the year, because in the first nine games, he was absolutely perfect in a single one. Absolutely. No, I absolutely agree with you on that. Like everything you're saying right now, I absolutely agree with the bullpens there and everything. It's one of the best bullpens in the league. It's not the best because there's many great bullpens in the league right now. You know, mm-hmm. the Yankees have one of the best bullpens. The Yankees, the Chad Green, Tommy Canely, Aroldis Chapman. Aroldis Chapman. Aroldis you look at the, let's, let's go to the Dodgers. There's Kenley Jansen, like that kind of bullpen exactly. too. There's like so many bullpens that could be the best, but like the Jays definitely do have one of the best bullpens in the league. They do, and all those guys are young too. Like, like again, all those guys are starting pitchers in the bullpen because of how good our depth is. You exactly. Know? You know, yeah. But you know what? Honestly, like to me, our bullpen's perfectly fine. We Ken Giles is, is on his way to return. Thank God. I we I've said this since day one. We need to re-sign Ken Giles. He's injury prone. Yes, but get yeah, but 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 you want to know what they said? Hunjin Ryu was injury prone. Has he been injured yet? No. No. Exactly. So what the hell are you talking about? Hunjin Ryu is pitching his butt off. I am like so he, glad we got him. He's worth every single part of that $20 million a year. He's worth it. Like, he's pitched so many great games so far for these Blue Jays. Last night, he went six innings, one earned run, and struck out eight batters. Struck out eight. 
He eight struck batters. out eight. He has more strikeouts than innings pitched. Exactly. And that's just showing why he's one of the best pitchers in the league. Absolutely. He absolutely is. And, and you know what? Honestly, like, at least, at least at, like, Rowdy Tellez said so in, a, uh, in an interview right after the game that every time uh, Ryu pitches, he, it, in his mind, it's almost an automatic win. And I feel the exact same way because Ryu will I shut it down. I feel the exact same way. He is an absolutely incredible, incredible pitcher. And thank exactly. God we have him. But, yes. and, but you know what? And specifically in the case of last night, our fielding and base running was not good. And um, especially last season, one case in particular was the case of Vladimir Guerrero Jr., um, who, was, who for this season was moved from third base to first base. What do you think? Yeah. I was not a big fan of that, honestly. I honestly thought Vlad had third base locked up because he showed triple A, double A. He was throwing the ball well from the, right, from the corner there at third base. Moving him to first base... I, I more was like when they got Travis Shaw. Remember when they got Travis Shaw and that stuff, uh, Alex? Yep. I thought Travis Shaw would have had first base. Like, he'd be behind Rowdy and that stuff. I did not think Charlie would be uh, moving him to um, to uh, first to uh, third base. But it happened. Like I, But as the season went on, I'm not even going to lie to you. Vladdy showed that he could play first base as well. He could. He absolutely He can handle could. the ball, like, when it comes to him and that stuff. He can show it. Like, he absolutely could. It, it's grown on me. Like, I'm still not a really a big fan of it, but it's grown on me enough where I like watching it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I can just – I can stand with it. Like, I'm fine with it. It's not my favorite thing to see, but, like, it's there. Absolutely. Like, no, listen, I absolutely agree with you, you know? Like, to me, like, it, it – like, ever since the move happened, I've always said it's a waste of his talent. It's a waste of his arm because, because honestly, besides him, Raphael Devers – was probably the worst third baseman statistically when it came to the defense. And now he defensively Devers is very well. He's, he's, he's at least average, you know, he's an average third baseman when it comes to defense and he's making very, very good looking plays. And another thing that a lot of people have been saying is Vladdy's way to know how he can't, you know, get there from, you know, he, you know, like, like, you know, cause third base is one of those versatile physical moves, which are, physical you know basis to play which i absolutely you know makes sense because when it comes to at least blue jay history john uh josh donaldson is the prime example of 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 an incredible third baseman who you know can, can field incredibly well has a strong arm vladdy has a strong arm vladdy in the past especially in his first season last season has shown that he can field the ball well and i don't like like i get it i get i get the move especially in the case of us us drafting an incredible player who we will talk, who we, who we will talk about next. But um, you know, like I'm again, like you said, I'm, I, I'm fine with it. I, I wish it didn't happen because especially in the case of Travis Shaw in how he is a first, how he's naturally a third baseman, but he can p- play first base very well, especially, uh, especially the, with the fact that he's on a one-year deal. I don't personally like the idea of just stunting his de- Vladdy's defensive growth in the case of Travis Shaw, who has been perfectly fine, but I don't, I definitely don't see us resigning him. You know, he hasn't been, he hasn't been incredible, but he hasn't been terrible either. Um, you know, but yeah, but yeah, like yeah, like you said, I absolutely agree with you, and I wish they didn't do that. But I, but you know what? At least Vladdy knows how to play two positions now. You know, at least yeah, like, and we still have like Bo obviously and Kevin locked up at second and short. That's a great middle infield too. Like Bo, on, Bo at short, Kevin at second, great middle infield, and that's so then you got a great outfield with Randall Gritchick, Teoscar Hernandez, and um, Lourdes Gurriel. 
Absolutely, like, they do. No, and they no, have a great yeah. bench too that they of young guys that they could bring in, like great Rowdy utility players. Uh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Rowdy Tellez is one name I could think of where they can alternate him and Vladdy to play like DH first base, like keep all. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. See, like okay. See, like in my opinion, before the draft, uh, to me, Vladdy would be third base, then Tellez would be first base because I really like Rowdy. I I liked his rookie year: twenty home runs, fifty ribbies, and you know what? Well, you know what? Uh, the season before, when we called him up in September, he led the like he he had like nine doubles in nine games. Like the guy has shown exactly, yeah. the, the guy has shown great potential. It's just you know obviously they obviously have have to continue his development when it comes to you know his his strikeouts because that's been his Achilles heel. But you but you want to know what? Guys like David Ortiz have had problems. You know, guys like. Yeah. I'm trying all you know, the try, like all the Ryan Klesko. All these guys have had problems, but you know what? I believe Roddy Phillips is way, is really still young and I think he's gonna be our first person for the future. You know but, yeah. Alex, let me just say this right now. Me I used to when I used to play baseball and that stuff too, sometimes you won't be like I remember one time I went over four. Yeah. You can't always hit the ball. Like you, 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 at one point you're going to have to strike out. You can't be a guy who goes perfect through every single game. Mm-hmm. And especially, uh, and keep in mind, I played house league too. I didn't yeah. play as much games as like 162 games worth of baseball. I mean, I would love to, but like, you can't go perfect. It's it, to me, it's mathematically impossible to go perfect. No, absolutely. No, again, like honestly, absolutely. Listen, like the only way you're perfect is if you're the greatest baseball player of all time. You're not yeah. Willie Mays. No one will ever be Willie Mays. The close, actually, no. The closest thing to get to Willie Mays is actually is is Mike Trout, and Mike yeah. Trout's the best player in the world when it comes to that just pure natural talent. But in the case of the Blue Jays, we have to work with what we have, and in my opinion, we have absolutely incredible infield. And speaking of the infield, we drafted a pretty darn good player. In the draft, a guy who could have gone first, first overall. They even said that he, he was the consensus. Absolutely, he, he listen. He was the consensus first overall pick behind Spencer Torkelson, who was taken first overall by Detroit. But in my Detroit. opinion, yeah. But in my opinion, it could have gone either way because I really like Spencer Torkelson. I think he's going to be an incredible player. Um, it, to me, it could have gone either way. But the fact that the Blue Jays and Cap, speaking of our infield, the Blue Jays picked up the best hitter in the draft, in the 2020 MLB draft. It's a guy who could have gone actually first, who I think could have gone first overall. And everybody said he could have gone first overall. And, he, All, and yeah. I've seen the highlights and everything. He could have gone first overall. He should have gone. Listen, he should have went first overall. He should have went first overall. But I like Spencer Torkelson a lot. I think he's going to be a great power hitter for Detroit. You know, again, like, honestly, to me, he's like a young Miguel Cabrera in the sense that he plays first and third. He, you know, he's very athletic in the sense that you can you can rely on him getting uh, taking balls at third base. Yeah, you know, exactly. He's a great power hit, a power hitter. So, but still. I have I I will never know why the Baltimore Orioles didn't select Austin Martin second overall. They went with a guy I'm not even going to pronounce the name because I'm going to butcher him. Oh, but I, the fact that Austin Martin, the consensus first overall pick when it comes to the perfect package, went fifth overall to the Toronto Blue Jays when our infield is already stacked, and when we have a guy like Jordan Groshans who's still in development and can play a mean third base. Well, there's so many guys even in development too, like. I can name like another one from Oakville that uh, was taken in in uh, I think it was 2018 or 2019 to Sam Brown. Um, he went down to, he went down to Abbey Park. It's called down the street from me, uh, playing baseball and that stuff. He's a part of the um, Canadian Junior Junior National Team, the baseball team there. Oh wow! He was a part of that, and he's in the Jays development camp right now as we speak too. Mm-hmm. And um, he is another one who could play the outfield like 
he's an outfielder. He can play the outfield as well. These guys that they're calling up, like, uh, uh, let's talk about Austin Martin quickly, like, the pick and that stuff. Obviously, he could have gone first overall. We Everyone thought he could have gone first overall. It was a steal. I'm going to call it. It was a steal that we got Austin Martin. It was a steal. It was yeah. absolutely, It was the biggest steal in the draft. We, we got the consensus first overall pick in the f- fifth overall. In fifth overall. Exactly, yes. No, I absolutely agree with you on that. It doesn't like it doesn't make any, it doesn't make any sense as to why Baltimore wouldn't do that. Like to me, Baltimore has a, a has a really good infield, like future like futuristic wise. That's going to be led by Adley Rutschman, who oh man, probably my favorite prospect in all of baseball, Adley Rutschman, switch Rutschman. hitting catcher, Rutschman. Yeah, for like just in my opinion, I I absolutely love the kid. I think he's going to be the best catcher in all of baseball. I honestly think that's that's just my opinion. But yes, you know, and but yeah, like. The Blue Jays made a complete steal in Austin Martin, who, in my opinion, will probably be our third. Will probably be our third baseman, as I, as Montoyo, that stubborn prick. He'll probably put Vladdy at first for the rest of his career, and waste his arm. But you know what? I'm glad we have that consolation prize, in the sense of a hey, Vladdy can't play third. Who's it going to be? It's going to be Austin Martin. It's going to be Austin Martin. Yes, and no, Austin Martin. Like they announced it, I think. If I'm not mistaken, during the draft they announced him as a shortstop, and he never played shortstop. But he I did. No, he did only like a f- couple okay. times though. He he can also play center field as well, but he's primarily a third baseman. Yeah. So he if Bo ever gets injured again, let's just say because Bo Bichette was injured. Remember, Bo Bichette was injured. I think he's, he's still, still injured he's still, right now. He's still injured right now. Talking. Yeah. Um, he can play short. Like yeah, even though he's played like it's probably not a lot of games that he's played short, but like yeah. he has the experience at that shortstop position. Exactly. Um, he would yeah. be an incredible utility player in the sense that he also played center field for a bit as well. Yeah, exactly. He can play like center field, right field, or center field, th- third base. I mean, um, yeah. and uh, shortstop. Like he can play that right side, right side of no left side of the infield. I apologize. I'm looking at it through the batter's eyes, like the yeah. left side, and the, side <laughs> the, the right side. side. Right. Yeah, I was yeah, going to no look at it through the pro- I was going to look at through the spectator side and just unless you're buying the play and say the left side, like let's say you're looking at it from um, uh, right field or uh, left field, wherever you're looking from, it's like, oh look, we're on the right side, they're on the left side. Then you look at it from the back, oh look, we're on the right side, they're on the left side. Exactly, exactly. Austin yeah. Martin is going to be a vital and important piece to. Um, to, to the Blue Jays in view for the future. And um, another topic we'll most likely talk about in our next episode is what happens to Jordan Groshans now because he was, he was most likely, in most people's eyes, going to be that third baseman in the future. Yeah. So you know what? That's going to be a great topic to talk about. But Now let's talk a little bit more, actually. Let's stick on the topic of the draft that's okay for a bit. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's do it. Let's do we, it. What I said this before, and I'll say it again. I've said that the Jays, when it comes to drafts, this especially this year, what they needed to focus on, and we just mentioned it earlier, the pitchers. They mm-hmm. need the arms and that stuff. Because mm-hmm. when these guys go, retire, whatever, get traded, free agency, they need pitchers. And they took, I believe, three pitchers after Austin Martin. We did. It was well, – I believe one was – Trent Palmer, if I'm not mistaken, I, was he the one? I, I, or was he the one from Louisville? I can't uh, remember. Trent Palmer in the third round, uh, C.J. Van Eyck in the second round, second and round. then and then and then I think Britton, Zach Britton. Funny enough, not the not the pitcher Zach Britton, but the the outfielder Zach Britton. And then I think uh, yes. And then and then Frazo, Frazo. I think it's Frazo. 
I think he was taking it. Yeah, he was. He yeah, was. so like you said, Trent Palmer, CJ Van Eyck, and... Uh, Frazier. Frazier, yes. Because Brin's so a fielder, yeah. Yes, and, what, and they focused on the pitching this year in the draft, which is what they needed to do. Yeah. They're going to have great young guys in development. They're going to they're gonna come up to the big leagues one day, and they're going to be ready to pitch. That's Absolutely. what they needed. Absolutely, and, and, and you know what? On, on top of a very good draft, we already have really good pitchers in exactly. our development with the likes of Alec Manoa, with the likes of Simeon Woods Richardson, who we got in the, alongside Anthony Kay from the New York Mets in the, Mar- Mets. In the Marcus Stroman Marcus deal. Stroman trade, yes. and Alec, like Alec Manoa, I love this kid. 6'6", six, six, big guy, and he's a flamethrower. I can't, yeah. This guy is going to be a perfect fourth or fifth uh, rotation guy. I can't wait to, to see this kid yeah. play. Now, why don't we talk a bit about one of the biggest trades that shocked – not really shocked, but one of it the biggest me. trades that went down. It shocked me as well. It shocked me and it shocked everyone the, in, the MLB, in, the, in the MLB world right now. Yeah. Okay, so th- it wasn't just me. No. Nope. It, so it shocked everybody pretty much. You know where I'm going with this, right? You're talking about Mike Clevenger. I'm talking about the Mike Clevenger trade to San Diego. Oh, First yeah. of all – when I saw that, when I heard the news break, my jaw just dropped. My jaw absolutely dropped Mine when I too. heard Mike Clevenger was going to be a Padre. Yeah. Like, I couldn't even believe my, what I heard. Like, here's what they got uh, on the trade deadline, like in the, during the trade deadline weekend. Oh, they stuff. were the most active team. They, yes. They're, they're contending. They're going for it this year. They got Jason Castro from the Los Angeles Angels. They got Mike Clevenger and Greg Allen from Cleveland. Oh, my gosh. And they got Taylor Williams from Seattle. Okay. Seattle they also really got they also got Mitch Moreland from the Red Sox. And yeah, they got Mitch Austin Moreland Nola as well. One. They got Austin Nola as well. At a very and that wasn't just there. Do you want to hear who else they got? Who, who I actually was a really big fan of at the time? Trevor Rosenthal. Exactly. Another big name, Trevor Rosenthal. Like, these, like they were just active. Like, okay, we need this guy. We need this guy. They really want to win. Like, who do they have? They have Manny Machado still. They got Fernando Tatis Jr. Fernando Tatis Jr. Exactly. All these players that they're getting, they are really wanting to go for it. And if it's they not this absolutely. year, Alex, if it's not this year that they're no, going for it, yeah. it's definitely going to be next year that they're going to go you, for it. Yeah. You know what? To me, it's, it's either this year or not. And, and the only reason I say that was because a lot, like some of these pieces, they're going into their 30s or they're already in their 30s. And yeah. then they're, mostly, they're most likely going to start declining. So, to me, and I also want to add one more thing. Sorry to no, no. Sorry, I, I want to add one more thing quickly. There's one more player who they got, and he's a former World Series champion, Eric Hosmer as yep. well. Along with Trevor Rosenthal, they got they have Eric Hosmer. Yep, yep. So there's a little bit more chemistry on the team. They really like, do. Now that they're adding more players and that stuff, it's absolutely yeah. insane what this team's going for. And Mike Clevenger, a really great pitcher, and I mean a really the ace really, of Cleveland, incredible pitcher. Yes. I didn't think it was hell. I didn't think it was better than Trevor Bauer, and like Corey Kluber. I thought he was one of the best. Yeah. Like in 2019, he had a 2.71 ERA. And like a 3.02 the year before. Yeah, he's getting better. He's consistently getting yes. better. And compared he has the most. Yeah. No, he. Compared, he yeah. Oh, the, 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 no, go. Yeah, no, um, oh. he got. He has the most incredible windup ever. I would be. I would be so afraid to face him as a hitter because I wouldn't make contact at all. Yes. And in 2016, the year that we were. Our last year before the rebuild stages and that stuff, where we made the playoffs and that stuff, he was a 5.26. 
That was his ERA, a 5.26 ERA. Now, after that, the ERA just dropped. It kept dropping and dropping and dropping. It went up in 2020, but don't be surprised if that thing just drops again. Yeah. It's insane what these guys have gotten. And it's a, like, honestly, like, this team really wants a championship. It's unreal. They're going to get a championship. I, th- I think they will, especially especially if it comes down to them or the Dodgers. They have a way more complete team because, oh, on, top, because on top of all that, they possibly have the NL Rookie of the Year in Jay Cronenworth. Yes. Another great infield piece to them. And the list goes on and on when it comes to all on. these incredible Everywhere players. Everywhere they have, they have valuable assets everywhere. And if that didn't show it, then these trades that they got and these free agents that they got, it'll Alex, be worth nothing. It'll be worth nothing. Yep. It'll be worth nothing, but at the same time, they're showing that they have these assets just through these trades. Absolutely. And like what, how they signed them and everything. Oh yeah, no. Listen, it's going to be absolutely, it's going to be absolutely insane to see, to you know come playoff time just to see this team and how they and how they contend because to me it's absolutely now or never. Now, why don't we talk about something that just. Another thing that just shocked everybody. Another in the thing that world. shocked the baseball world as to the fact that the Colorado Rockies let 20 runs happen to them against the San Francisco Yastrzemskis. I'm, I'm really curious. I'm personally very curious as to how that happened. Did I just. <laughs> I don't think Cameron Reeser would be happy about that. When Our good friend Cameron Reeser, he probably won't be happy about that. Well, well <laughs> I'm not wrong. Who, listen, who is the best player on San Francisco? It ain't Buster Posey who who opted out. It ain't Buster Posey who opted out. Exactly. And the um okay, let's quickly take a look at the box score of this because this game again like just shocked the world. And, just okay, absolutely. Yeah. Like here, like here's the official score from uh, that game. Where was it? Twenty-three five. Twenty-three to five. Like you said, twenty-three yep. to five. That ain't ba- that's a freak. That's almost a football score. Alex Dickerson got six RBIs. Solano got six RBIs, and Brendan Crawford also got six RBIs in the same game. I think they became the first team or the first trio to get six RBIs in the same game. Each player. That's true. At least I, I think I think I think it was before like yeah since 1928 it was something like that. Yeah, they were the first trio of players to get that. six RBIs in the same exact game. So, yeah, on the and, same uh, team. Yeah, and Nolan Arenado. Um, they pinched hit Nolan Arenado. Oh, okay. they pinched hit Nolan Arenado. Okay, well, listen, that's not good because so what happened was he had so Arenado was batting third. Um, so he faced he okay, so he faced three at bats and he walked once. His average is is two is in the mid is in the two sixties, which isn't really good for Nolan Arenado who. Compared to like past seasons. Compared to past seasons where he's gotten 40 plus home runs and 100 RBIs. Like this guy should be the best uh, third baseman in the the league. Defensively, in my opinion, besides Mike Chapman or Matt Chapman, Matt Matt Chapman, my apologies. Matt Chapman from the A's. Besides besides Matt Chapman from the Oakland A's, he's the best defensive uh, third baseman in all of baseball, but he is having a down year. Offensively wise, everything's good, but the average is a a tiny bit low. But you know what? He's like, he's still okay player. The last time it was that low, Alex, it like his past couple batting averages have been like two the two eighties, the two nineties, and just over the three hundred mark. 
The last wow. time it was that low was in 2013 when he batted at 2.67 in his rookie year. Wow. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Re- repeat that year again. 2013 was the last time he had a bat Seven in years ago. Yes. Seven years ago. Wow. When he first started as a Colorado Rocky was the last year. It was a was the last time he ever batted in the two sixties. Yeah, that was the last time. Yeah, and I will say I don't know why they 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 pinched they pinched hit him because they brought in uh uh Fu- Fuentes who was also a third baseman off the bench and he had one at bat and he got a hit and I think it, yeah it was a home run because yeah one actually or no probably wasn't but still he got a hit in an RBI so you mm-hmm. know something so yeah something's not great when. So something's not going well when your your um your bench third baseman has a better average than Nolan Arenado, and yeah, unreal. and it's it's incredibly unreal. And all this points to like I I don't know if it if all of this is is because of maybe um the the off season drama with the fact that uh, Arenado made it public that he doesn't really want to stay in Colorado and wants to trade, but no one wants to get him because the price is absolutely gigantic it's, it's which, like it, the price is not right the price is way too high the price is incredibly too high but the things the thing is if the price is too high no one's gonna want to pick them up which, yeah which you know and listen i get it no 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 one no, 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 no to me is a franchise third baseman he really is to me oh he because, is because yeah yeah cause, yeah because when he retires to me he'll go down in history as the best third baseman in the history of the colorado rockies and they and their lineage of players has been incredible with canadian larry Ro- larry walker, walker who just made in the hall of fame dante bichette four-time silver slugger dante bichette you know and the list goes on when it comes to these guys but you know what the nolan arenado situation is not good in colorado that's all i'm gonna say but it's, it's not, not even the best thing that you could ever even think of it's it's unfortunate what it's turned into, honestly. And I'm just looking at his contract now. It's an eight-year contract, eight-year worth $260 million. So when he can leave, you want to know what year he can leave, Alex? What, what, he what, has what year can six, he leave? He has another six years. He can leave in 2026. He has another six years yes, on his contract? Year, including this oh. year, he has another six years. And he wants out already. Yeah. Jeez, well, you know what? At least, like, okay, I will say things can be a bit worse for for him and the team in the case of the fact that it's not like he's it's not like he's just leading the team by himself because you know Charlie Black Charlie Blackman's the thing and you know he's like the best hitter in the league right now. Yeah, best. You know, yeah, you know, and they were able to get a. In my opinion, well, of course, I, I'm I'm pretty biased in saying this, but they they got a really good player in Kevin Pillar who's incredibly who is incredible when it comes to fielding and he can also get you the, um, a hit he occasionally in that stuff. Exactly. He can get you the hits in that stuff. He, it, but he's really, like you said, he's really like one of the best guys in the field that you, you can see, like he's shown it with Toronto. Obviously he's made amazing catches in Toronto. He's I'm pretty sure he's either made it. Um, he's made some pretty good catches in um, Boston when he played there. Yeah, absolutely. Now, why don't we move on quickly before we move on to our last thing? I just want to add one more thing into this first episode. Yeah, absolutely. So yesterday, this was a day ago, with the Jays, it was one it was an on this day moment. Do you know want to know what happened yesterday? Dave Steve hit it. Was the, it was the, it was the anniversary, like you said, of the Dave Steve no hitter. No hitter. The first no hitter in the Jays history. Yeah. He went nine innings, no earned runs, no hits. 
struck out nine and walked only four batters. So he didn't have the perfect game. But he did get a no-hitter. He got a no-hitter. Now, still ooh, incredible. Now, has it ever been done? Have you ever seen or heard of anybody who's done a perfect game and a no-hitter at the same time? Like, in the same exact game? I don't think I can remember the last time I've ever heard that. You know what? Knowing us, there probably is... Um, but I, I don't I don't particularly remember off my head. I know if I I will say for a fact though, when we record our next episode, uh, the, that's one of the first things we'll say is okay. Yeah. So we did some research, and yeah. So you know, but no, but no. Honestly, like one of the one of the most incredible moments moments of history when it comes to Toronto Blue Jays. And um, speaking of our um, speaking of uh, great legends as as such as this. Uh, yes, I'm for it. we. We, we end this segment with some unfortunate news out of the New York Mets organization. Uh, Tom Seaver has died at the age of 75, and this happened yesterday. And it was due to dementia and also because of COVID. An amazing pitcher he was. I didn't even watch him, but hearing the stories about him, everybody talking about him, he was honestly one of the best pitchers you could ever watch in the game of baseball. Absolutely. He was an absolute legend. He was a Hall of Famer for a reason. He was, in my opinion, probably the greatest pitcher uh, in New York Mets history. He, I, uh, yes. I heard, again, like you said, I heard, I heard stories of how much of a, of a good guy he was. Yeah. And, um, and, and it's personally, um, personally um, just, from, just from losing a family member due to COVID, it's absolutely terrible to, to terrible. lose a family. It's absolutely yes. terrible to lose a family member to, to this stupid disease. Um, if, if anything, uh, Please, please wear a mask. Please wear a mask. Because, yes. And because you know what? Because of it, we lost a we lost a, a one, legend on the field. We we lost an absolute legend, or well, the baseball community has lost a legend, and but, New York yes. Mets fans lost an absolute legend to them. So please and wear like, a mask. Here's where I want to add some more things in before we end the segment. I want to talk about some of his accomplishments. Just to remember yeah. some good things, like some amazing things about him. Mm-hmm. He's won the Cy Young Award three times in 1969, 1973, and 1975. Wow. He has a career ERA of 2.86. He's made 30-plus starts of his, in his first 13 seasons, and he's won the World Series with him in 1969. And he was only 24 when he won, and he was already the, one of the best pitchers. He was an ace. They called him an ace. Mm-hmm. He's a World Series winner, three-time Cy Young Award winner, and has probably one of the best ERAs in the career of baseball, in any career. And here's here's another one. He stands 18th. Um, he stands with 311 wins. He's the all-time – he's the 18th – yeah, I can't talk. He's <laughs> the 18th all-time leader in wins with 311. Oh, wow. And he has 3,640 strikeouts, and it's the sixth most in baseball history. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. It, it, like, you cannot make this stuff up. Like, he was one of the best pitchers. Like, I like the list starts with – it probably starts with him, and, and it just keeps going, like, underneath. Like, there's so many great pitchers. Like, there are guys you can name, like, that probably have been great like great pitchers. Like, you have, Jose, like, a great young one in Jose Fernandez. Yep. Roy Holiday, your Donald Ventura was another great one. I think I'm, I think one of my favorite memories of him, I'm not even going to lie, Alex, of mm-hmm. Donald Ventura, the Manny Machado brawl. <laughs> okay, I will say, yeah. I will say that's absolutely – that was an incredible fight. That was that was really memorable. Baseball brawls, in my opinion, honestly, they're really good. It, it, it gives the players a, a chance to let out all their uh, – let out all their, uh, you know, um, 
tension and anger and, uh, you know, passion to the game because you know what? Baseball is getting younger by age. All these guys, you know, they're bat flipping, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're really wearing their heart on their sleeve. And I think that, I think it's the best way to move forward when it comes to baseball. And, yeah. you know, and I, I know a lot of old timers will say, you know, keep baseball the way it is. It's a gentleman's game. It did start out as a gentleman's game, but you know what? We evolve as human beings and we evolve but in our sporting it events. Evolved into a, to a gentleman's game. Like you said, it evolved into a gentleman. Yeah. Gentleman's game. I don't know why I said gentleman. I don't even know what I said. <laughs> it's all good. I said, it's, all good. <laughs> it's a gentleman's game. It's a gentleman's game. It is. Yeah, and it turned into a game that everybody loves. Absolutely. Yeah. So, guys, that's going to do it for the first episode of Home Play. We hope you guys did enjoy. Smash that like button if you did. And we'll, we will be coming out with another episode very soon, actually. For myself, Cameron Capobianco. And myself, Alex Fordall. We, we can't wait to he- see you guys in the next episode. Have a good one.